All right, everybody. This is Matt and Bob, and welcome back to the Hey's. Today we're gonna be doing a little. Uh, we're gonna be doing a little Oscar pe- preview, kind of catching up on what we've seen so far uh, for this uh, award season. Bob, how you doing? Great, man. Glad you're coming to me uh, straight from the city of stars. City of stars, La La Land. That's right. Yeah. That movie City is stars. for So let's get into uh, let's break it down. So we got uh, we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, La La Land is probably gonna be at the top. We'll we'll get into that first, and then yep. you want to go uh, accountant, kind of switch gears that we both recently saw. Yep. Let's uh, throw it in reverse at 180 miles an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Drive fast, take chances. Um, exactly. And then after that, we can um, briefly touch on... You saw Fences. I haven't seen it yet. I just saw Lion. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can kind of trade off on on some more um, Oscar hopeful talk. Uh, we just had the Golden Globes, so we kind of have a sense of what's hot, what's... Uh, I mean, La La Land for sure. Yeah, um, and let's bring it home with a nice, safe landing on the Hudson River with Sully. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, yeah, all right, let's dive in. So La La Land, the hottest movie of the awards season ever, and so you have to see it. It's going to be so great. That um, that La La Land so hot right now. So hot right now, God. Um, and then Golden Globes, uh, most nominations and most wins. It gets Best Director, Best Screenplay, um, Best All the Comedy Musical. All I mean, the comedy Musical tickets. is kind of, yeah, I mean, Martian won last year, so give me a break. But, yeah. Or, or, or the, Matt Damon. How they separate the categories. I was actually just talking to a group of people, and we were kind of like, I I do like that they um, take time, or they you know kind of uh, recognize oh. the comedies, oh, sure. and you know, so it's yeah, movies it's like good. Deadpool get up there, and uh, you know, f- um, stuff that's you know the comedies get a little recognition. Yeah, normally, uh, honestly, uh, more audience friendly movies. To be to be honest. So. Right. So I, I saw this opening weekend. I was like, oh, man, this I got to get to see it. Like, especially around here, it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, uh, very, very uh, appeals to theater queers um, on the surface. It's a, a, moder- a modern day musical uh, hearkening back to the, the 50s of big Hollywood, the MGM uh, Cinescope, um, you know, Fred Astaire, uh Gene Kelly, these um, an American in Paris, uh, dancing, singing in the rain. You know all yeah, these. Yeah, I heard that, that they also have homages to Oklahoma in there. I mean, I, I don't know too much about honestly um, classic cinema musicals. I mean, I've seen uh-huh. obviously Oklahoma and some of them, but I don't know them well enough to say. Oh yes, of course, that's what they're going for. Is uh, a star is born there, or um, oh, okay, the jazz scenes. That's uh, that's Funny Face, of course. That's yeah, his homage yeah. to Funny Face. So I don't. I mean, I, I've seen a few of those movies, but don't know well enough. But but I but I am aware that uh, that's what they were trying to do with the movie. Oh yeah. Oh, Rebel it. Without a Cause. I got before they even uh, went in the movie theater you could tell they were leading up to referencing that um Mm -hmm. i didn't get any yeah i mean i'm not a connoisseur of that era uh and i don't necessarily like those movies um or i just haven't seen them to be honest but uh i think my big takeaway yeah we're modern turds dude we're modern you know we 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 grew up on the domestic drama we grew up on the modern you know the, the 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 you know good cinema to us when we were younger was uh Forrest Gump, and then the classics was Predator. You know, so, so, I mean, that's like a far as back as we go. So I mean, I mean yeah. that's just us a little bit. I know there are people our age that. that well, no, I remember. I remember me and you. Uh, we went on a Hitchcock fix there for a while when they released a lot of his movies on Netflix. We there was a week there we watched one a week and 
Uh, you know, a 2001 Space Odyssey you study in school, uh, Birth of a Nation. Uh, yeah, we scene. took film classes and stuff, but yeah, yeah but we they, never really got really... into the big uh, blockbuster dance, you know, soft shoe musical. Yeah, I mean, that's a very specific, I mean, because you got uh, Casablanca everyone's seen, and then, so that that's kind of, that represents the golden age, and then they kind of, you kind of they, they skip through that. Yeah, you see some Hitchcock, um, you do Casablanca, and then there's... I mean, you know, uh, well, what are some of the other big ones? Gone with the Wind. Uh, but yeah, they, I feel like the whole the tap dancing uh, musical genre from the 50s is is uh, definitely something that people really respect and have great Oh, know, yeah. And the people that of. love it adore it. Yeah. I'm sure my grand, like the first thing everyone says after they see this movie that's our age is that they go to their grandparents and give it a, <laughs> force them to go see the movie. Cause I, yeah. that's what I did. I said, God, grandma, you're going to love this. You know, I, I saw it before the holiday. So anyone of age, I was giving this suggestion to like, Hey, this might be one you'd go check out and enjoy. Absolutely. So. Per- perfect movie for Christmas. Uh, I mean, every year I try to seek out, um, like we have a tradition of a, a movie on Christmas Eve and, and all the good stuff you that comes out you know last year you had revenant and um uh hateful eight uh, and then certainly star wars a little bit before that but that was still you know kicking ass come christmas so but this is this was a perfect holiday movie um it yeah just built- real quick some how some housekeeping uh it premiered it premiered and won a bunch of festivals the tell you ride and uh, I think that's Colorado, the Toronto Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, Venice, and uh, BFI London Film Festival. So it 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 absolutely smashed at, on the festival circuit. Yeah, uh-huh. people were eagerly anticipating its release, uh, and it's definitely the front runner this year for the big oh, the big prize. Absolutely, and uh, f- for me, uh, I mean, this is not a unique opinion, but I think it it easily wins hands down. Oh yeah, I don't think there's there's much. Uh, comp- I mean, I, there there are definitely some good movies this year, but this was yeah, this is kind of a once in a few years kind of movie. Yeah, when you're watching it, it, you definitely know like, oh, this is special. It kind of reminds me of like when uh, you know um, the artist came out, and it's not necessarily a movie we'll remember, but at the time it was. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. There's nothing in 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 terms of uh, in terms of breakthrough. There's nothing that can touch that movie. Art, the artist, you know, nothing. You know, in terms of a, achievement in cinema, yeah, the artist yeah, stood alone, and this is similar alone. too. Well, well, yeah. what I like so much about it is having not that much um, experience with the specific genre. I was just blown away that I was like, man, this is what it was like. This is when movie stars had immense talent, and they were like not just celebrity. It wasn't. It, it wasn't just fame. It was. It was talent and skill and. Like people were in awe of celebrities because they were so talented, not just because for no reason. You know, they just had a following. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, and that was what was so cool to me. I mean, Ryan Gosling is great, um, and and so is Emma Stone. They're not like, they're not titans of the industry. They're just great. They're solid. And, mm-hmm. Well, this is their this, third movie together. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, they did the the gangster, the, it was it was called Gangster Squad with uh, that was the Sean Penn movie, and they were kind of uh, that's right. They yeah, were yeah. leads in that, and then they also did Crazy Stupid Love, which honestly I, I enjoyed. Uh, but you know, I liked it for them your... specifically. Correct. Uh, yeah. 
Not necessarily so, the Steve Carell angle. It was more so how cool Ryan Gosling was. And I didn't mind the they, Steve Carell angle, honestly. But but yeah, they they definitely steal it in that. And then so they already had a ton of chemistry, and mm-hmm. you know you could basically just plug them in and trust that they're going to get the job done in terms of making you care about the characters. When it's it's yeah. so crucial in a movie like this that you you give a damn about the relationship, and you're definitely pulling for these two uh, as the movie goes on. So uh, absolutely. Uh, but a, a lot to discuss. I mean, the opening number, the cinema, the choreography on that is kind of just right off the bat is amazing. And to shut yeah. down an on-ramp under the 405 out here is <laughs> pretty remarkable. In the middle of a heat wave, he said in his speech for the Golden Globes. Yeah. Crazy. That must have been nuts filming that. I mean, that yeah. must have been Yeah, I'm sure those, the, they all those the dance extras. Yeah, it's just... They had to be just completely, and they and some. I mean, people are you know long pants, and some people are wearing sweaters, and it's. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not an incredibly intensive choreography, but they're working up there. That's, yeah, there's a yeah. There a, few, a few people I know that are like trepidatious about it, like, oh, I guess I got to see a lot of land. Everyone's talking about it. But I don't really like musicals. This is such a movie for people that, I mean, it's like you know when when the musicals transcend. Like, okay, there's one thing about liking you know Bye Bye Birdie and and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that, uh, you know, uh, uh, newsies. But then something like Hamilton comes out, and and Book of Mormon, and then something like this. It's just it transcends the genre. And it's well, not there was just... one thing I was gonna say too is, and my point being, I, I I was in a conversation, and someone was like, "I'm not gonna go see it. I'm not interested in seeing that kind of movie." And they were very against. They, they were very against kind of the showiness. Either it was like, "Oh, this is." So Hollywood giving themselves a, a pat on the back and, you know, uh, but and then they were just kind of talking about how they didn't want to watch another story about struggling actors or struggling musicians. And, and you know, that's it. But but my my point was everyone's so negative. It's you know, it's a very frustrated world. And this is just a nice, happy movie for the most part. It, you know, it's it's very much escapism. And it's yeah. just kind of oh, so much sure. to see like a nice wholesome movie. You know, no one has a drug addiction. No one's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just it, like it's a, you know, it's your your Hollywood love story, and it's you know, it's it's got cool things going on, and you know, throwback cinematography. I mean, I thought the cinematography because they kind of have to jump between realism and surrealism between the two of these. So sometimes uh-huh. you'll have just a, a straight scene of them. Uh, my favorite scene was them at the dinner table, uh, you know, having a conversation about expectations. And, you know, um, you know, I took this music gig because I thought that's what you wanted me to do is be successful, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, that was like, a really no. cool, real moment. Yeah. But then also you have the, you know, the like you said, the the on rate, you know, even coming out of the first title card, you're like, oh, I'm in for, you, you know something something, something special, special. Mm-hmm. and then you know the the scene at the pool where the you know they follow they're, they're kind of doing this swooping shot of the of the pool party and it dives in and the camera starts spinning around underwater and stuff but then you know yeah, you come like out those... and you have a very real scene with her and him and he's in that goofy 80s band you know so it was yeah. just like every other scene kind of um not not in a dizzying way or in a distracting way but they kind of took you through different kinds of genre and cinematography too yeah well and they uh they paired these amazing uh set pieces with uh with nice quiet grounded moments between the two they really kind of fleshed out the characters and took time to to build that relationship uh but also had dazzling choreographed choreographed displays of you know um well, yeah, I don't know what the movie is, but in those uh synchronized dancers that all kind of yeah. one by one fall into the pool and it's perfectly in sync. Yeah, to to be able to sync up a guy diving from three stories up and landing in the center of a you know uh, synchronized swimmers is 
I mean, that's just amazing. And then stuff where they're they're doing the the tap dance up on like Mulholland Drive. Uh, oh, that's where that like, is. Yeah, it's it's right in like uh, that dusk or or the the you know the the afternoon glow. I mean that that window of time. And I honestly, I thought that was on like a green screen or like a backdrop. It, it looked like it was painted. And they I thought dancing. it was. It's not. It's a live. No, that's a live I, shot. Oh, cool. I, it's a live shot, and that window of time lasts for about thirty five minutes for like like under an hour. So they rush up there, uh, and uh, I was reading. Uh, I think it was a Variety or something. Uh, they get everything ready to go. They do it six times in a row, and that's all they had time for. And then boom! So that they they shot that six times back to back to back. That and it's lo- they're long shots. Yeah. You know, the, the whole chore- choreography with like them dancing on the like the little bench. It looks absolutely gorgeous. That's natural light, and that is amazing. Um, and the, it's stuff like that that really elevated this for me. Um, and I could see people kind of being turned off right away by that opening scene. Like, okay, here's another lavish musical. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, thanks, Hollywood. But yeah, I, sometimes I we're cynical assholes, me and you, more so than the common patron. And even sometimes I have to go, just let yourself go, man. Let's just have fun in this one. You know, and yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. because I really wanted to with this because it seemed like a cool project and I really like the two lead actors and I'm, I am very much admiring the skill of the director. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just kind of real quick let that guard down and try to turn my critical turd brain off and enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. This was just the one to have fun with and just be amazed by and then just to get sucked in and then to, to suspend your disbelief for those dream sequences. And then when she does that audition and that song is so cool, and then that kind of takes you off on this this really awesome dream sequence. But I think my favorite part was, you know, they go through everything, and I want to, I don't want to spoil the ending because it's so awesome. But then, mm-hmm. when when he kind of, it, it's not, it's uh, like kind of the encore, I guess, where they kind of summarize everything mm-hmm. or how it, how it could have been or how it should have been in, in yeah. his eyes. And it's like a, uh, you know, you have like the overture before a musical. That was kind of, I don't know what the term is, but it kind of summarizes everything that's happened so far yeah the preamble and the i yeah we i don't have the right term but um that was so great and it was it was so just like old school hollywood magic um where they're like yeah and and then jimmy fallon parody does a parody in the golden globes where they're you know stepping up on those invisible steps into the night sky and stuff like that you just haven't seen in so long and it was really really cool yeah, and done in the wrong way, it could have been super terrible and cheesy, but done in yeah. the right way, it's magic, like you said. I really was... appreciated Emma Stone in this. I Not to say Ryan Gosling is not good, he's very good in this, but I think she does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of uh, the drama in the, sh- in the movie, and, I, and, you know, just like they have that first date at the Rialto, to go see uh, Rebel Without a Cause, you know, and just like mm-hmm. the the nonverbals in her face when she's driving like up to that date and how excited she is. And then like later when she passes the Rialto and just kind of like longingly remembering that time in their relationship, you know, and then yep. uh, the, the look on her face towards the end of the movie um, in that scene you were just referencing, like all those without without any acting speaks so so much volume and and that's also why it's cool that they're not when they're singing they're not like 
they're not Hugh Jackman. They're not like Broadway stars. They have very modest voices, which also, you know, they let it, yeah, they let exactly. the kind of character live in that, in those, that modesty. And that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's reserved, you know, they're not belting. It's, you know, it's just kind of a, and they let the, they let them kind of grow and get stronger as the song goes on. Um, very much yeah. like as the character starts to feel, you know, better in their place in the world, I guess. I don't know. I yeah, just, I mean, make no maybe mistake. Maybe that's making they, an excuse. I mean, but yeah, they trained their asses off, though. Uh, and and Ryan Gosling didn't have a hand double on the keyboard. Like that was all. Oh, him he's playing. playing there. Yeah, he knows how to play the piano. Yeah, or did well, he, he learn how to play? He, the piano? he learned for like six months. He trained or whatever it was. Uh, you know, the whole tap dancing. They were like, you know, just you know, just doing that over and over and over. Uh, and yeah, and then so he learns the keyboard. Like all that stuff is so amazing, and just to go in that deep. Uh, and he talks about it in his acceptance speech, like how his wife kind of allowed him this experience because he yeah. had to go so involved and, you know, it must have taken up so much of his time. Um, I had a lot of uh, kind of actor friends see it out about you that were like reinvigorated, um, you know, to like just keep at it and all that. Yeah. All that sort of, it, it's just a. Uh, here's to I mean, here's to the ones who dream. Here's to the, yeah. the tears we make and the, and the tears to the mess we make. I loved that song. Um, almost as much as I did not like City of Stars. <laughs> In oh, all really? honesty, I thought that song was a complete su- snooze. Well, City that, of Stars, are you falling asleep? Nah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I that was the one number I didn't jive with. And he's I think da- tap that, dancing with the old couple. I was, I was, I didn't like it. But I think that well, that's their not necessarily their showstopper, but that's kind of what they're. Like you know, when he, when he the guy gets up there to accept best score, that's They're that's doing what plays. City of Stars. Yeah, I don't know. I I know that's the song of the movie. I just didn't like it. I thought it was a snooze. But that's just uh, me. I don't know. Well, that I think that that's coming from a guy that that lives in Chicago, and there's something about it. it it's it's not necessarily made for people living in L.A., but it's it, there's there's something to be appreciated about having been up on Mulholland Drive and seen mm-hmm. kind of that that view of Studio City and that light. And then seeing that on film and then just kind of like wandering around the city at night and you just kind of humming something. I can, it's, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I mean, movies set in Chicago and Los Angeles or not, excuse me, New York and Los Angeles often like to talk about how awesome the city is. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not, new, that's not new to me, but I was like, uh, I just honestly just the, the, and I'm not a music guy at all. So this is the silliest criticism I and mean, it's it's the only criticism i have is this song i just i just thought it was really boring i i, I don't know i don't know a better way to criticize it besides it was mm-hmm. just like rock me to sleep a little bit I, I was happy when it was over but all the other music i really liked yeah but you, you gotta have kind of the ebbs and flows you can't just yeah, have right. these pound, pounding epics uh where they're uh just you know dancing around all the time but that's true I, I I liked it for the uh, the the quiet reflection that's present in it. Um, but anyway, that's a, a must see. Uh, Wait, slam- real quick, we got to talk about the director, dude. We got Damien oh, yeah. Chazelle. Yeah, uh, did um, thirty one years old. He's one year older than me and you. Uh huh. <laughs> so he's he's already made uh, Whiplash, which was amazing. Yeah, uh, he that was he his wrote- first movie was Whiplash, which was one of besides this one of my favorite movies of the last three or four years yeah uh great great movie he he wrote la la land before writing whiplash but was unable to get it made yeah i mean it makes sense because whiplash and i've kind of read somewhere that it was 
the the him taking this jump into such a bigger project because Whiplash is very much like a contained, smaller story, easier to kind of tell. Uh, and he does it with mm-hmm. he did it with great flair, but like it's an easier story. And then you know he takes this jump into this big Broadway or big uh, you know Hollywood epic, and it's kind of like how Tarantino went from Reservoir Dogs. In a smaller fiction. contained to Pulp Fiction, yeah. So yeah, you read you read that same comparison or all, I guess. But um, yeah, I definitely agreed with that. Where it's like you know you, you, he he didn't just come out swinging for the fences. He cut his teeth, uh, and what a great teeth cut that was with uh, Whiplash. But cut his teeth, and then you know now he's just now he's going to be able to greenlight anything he wants. Yeah, I mean, I'm this this had to have made a lot of money uh, just because it's just on everyone's mind, and it's not top of the box office. But I don't even think it's in wide release right now. Um, certainly after this Oscar run, it's going to have such momentum. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but, it's the death of old Hollywood. You got, you know, jazz clubs are dying and uh, maybe, Rialto's maybe closing. Jazz clubs? Huh? Maybe the jazz clubs? Remember maybe? jazz clubs? Uh, I remember. Remember uh, Rialto? Oh, yeah, I remember. Remember, remember we're down at Kurt? You remember? <laughs> Born in a... But, yeah, that's... Exactly. I mean, that's that's what the whole point of that was. That uh, people are l- digging the nostalgia right now. They they don't want to live in reality, and d- they don't want to live in Donald Trump's reality. And uh, yeah. this provides that. And yeah, so uh, Slam Dunk must see um, probably my favorite for for Best Picture. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I I don't know if Emma Stone and uh, Ryan Gosling will 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 be able to top the other heavy hitters in the acting. I categories. think she will. So far from what I've seen, I th- especially if Viola Davis is in the support category. Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be what the ab- only person that could. Uh, what uh, about Amy Adams arrival? Ooh, OK. But I, I don't think that it has. I don't think that I do like Amy Adams a lot in arrival, but I don't think that that will uh, hold enough. Yeah. To- well, yeah, we, we can save the, uh, yeah, the, we'll save the nominations for discussion for a later. different but, episode. Uh, before we jump to our next movie, I did want to kind of transition uh, just real quick into what I think could challenge La La Land would be Manchester by the Sea. Um, and I, I don't know if that's going to win Best Picture, but certainly Casey Laffex getting a lot of attention. Um, do you agree with that? Do, do you see that as a, like a 1A, 1B, or do you think Manchester's... Yes, they're enough? completely different movies. And yeah. the, the cool thing I like about both these movies is I'll, they... they Give you the best that you know. If you're if you're a crier, they'll probably be the most likely to make you cry or uh-huh. come close to it. But they're also Yo. the funniest movies that I've seen this year. Uh, yes, yeah. They, they Manchester re- by the Sea for everyone that's like, oh, I heard it's really depressing. I'm like, yes, but that's not a reason not to go see a movie. Be in it's touch so, with your emotions. It makes me it's so mad. So, yeah, it's so well balanced. Uh, it, but it's like, that, it's also hysterical. It's yeah, the, really funny. There's such a uh, net nest necessitated levity that is so brilliant um paired up against just kind of the the overall tone and i know it, it's kind of gotten out that it's a a real tearjerker but um try to go in without any sort of expectations or just kind of deafen yourself to the the hype or the to the preconceived notions because it it will surprise you and I, I think that's a great movie and we can we'll talk about that more in depth next week when you're gonna have a an interview with some some regular turds. Some regular uh, turds that went to see it, and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm excited to hear their opinion about it. Uh, because Mar- they're, they're not movie snobs like me and you, but I'd be interested to see, you know, their take on take on a movie that's challenging. Yeah, to- um, not Avengers three, but actually, um, 
Manchester by the Sea. So exactly, maybe so. they walked into the wrong movie theater. But yeah, yeah that I'll, would be the one that I think. Uh, you know, if if they went the, um, they could. I just don't because La La Land is so strong. I I just think that that one could contend. Um, I, well, I saw I saw those back to back, and uh, I kind of initially was like, "Wow, those are the two best movies I've I've seen this year." But mm-hmm. I, I haven't really taken a chance to like kind of go back and think about that in depth. I did really like Hell or High Water as well for different reasons. But though, yeah, I that think- might that might be like a rounding out the top ten. I really wish they would go down to top five because it, it seems just seems like they're fi- they're filling space when they you know like Hell or High Water isn't actually contending for no that was a fun movie I, I'm not saying that that should be nominated but it you know it could be uh, but not that it should but I I have no mm-hmm. problem with the ten nominations if if that brings more people to the to watch then that's, good good yeah, for them must, like must be what they're doing yeah like, I get it. Uh, but I'm just being I, a turd. Yeah, I I don't know if I agree with, um, but also people like to see the movies nominated for best picture, and they don't really care to check every single one off their list. So if it helps uh, movies if they're in the top ten, then I'm I'm all for it. Um, yeah. But and speaking of a movie that won't be in the top, <laughs> yeah, um, this the uh, so this movie was back on our um, our summer list of uh, what we're excited to see, and it and, <laughs> yes. and and if you if you go back and look at those movies, uh, we had Assassin's Creed on there, we had the Free State of Jones, already out of theaters, <laughs> we, the Free State of Jones, uh, we the nobody saw, yeah, <laughs> I saw it and yeah, thought it was okay, but uh, well. I mean, we can also talk about the fact that the the, the McConaughey sons has has kind of has fizzled out. It, yeah, it's it's cooled a little <laughs> bit. We'll see about Gold Rush or whatever the hell that gold movie is that he's in. Yeah, um, I love gold. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, The Accountant. Uh, it came out. I, I was pretty excited as we were both. Came out middling reviews. I think it's it it's right around thirty percent, maybe less. Uh, trailer makers, people that make trailers are getting too good. Yeah, that's my that's my criticism on this. Because when the trailer came out and they had the the Radiohead song going, and it's him like rolling his fingers across the desk, and it's like, oh, did you notice that he doesn't say a word the entire preview? And you know, it's this like kind of mysterious, like, oh, your son is closer to Mozart than he is to, which is a line that I didn't even see in the movie when I watched it. Yeah, because you're like, your son is closer to Mozart than he is to you or me. Yeah, I. He could cook books from fifteen different cartel members and blah blah. Yeah, blah. the trailer. Like, uh, oh, cool. Trailer was cool. Like this, like Ben Affleck playing a very quiet, um, what functioning social, so not sociopath, but like yeah, this brilliant genius who struggled with, uh, uh, whatever you want to, whatever does, um, yeah, I can't. Well, he has autism. Yeah, yeah, autism. Yeah, exactly. And it's like this, this autistic, uh, genius accountant who's also maybe like a secret agent. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, okay. Yeah, little did I know how silly that concept. Right. So great trailer, and then we get into the movie, and it's like just so convoluted. It's he, I, 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 I honestly, I don't think I even got it. I, I didn't know he was cooking the books for these terrorists or something, and then he was sending the money back to the, uh, the place where like the the rest home for autistic kids. Yeah, pretty much. He donated most of his money to the artistic uh, autistic home. That's kind of let you know the the uh, the Robin Hood uh, type. Yeah. So the, so yeah, where where Affleck falls on the autistic scale is the perfect kind of. He's social enough to where he can function in the world um but but you know the 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 autism in him 
focuses in him in on on tasks so yeah he has to complete uh, the tasks that, that he has to, so so it makes him you know able to become uh, a numbers genius while also and also just mastering hand-to-hand combat because his dad takes him to indonesia or china or wherever he goes to fight as and a then, way to but, harness you know, also, this uh, aggression or or uh, a way to focus yeah his um disability yes. through aggression he also taught him marksmanship and, you know, so you know, I don't get why you have an autistic son, so you have to just make him this super soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, where, where's I, that? I, I get up? it as... But I guess he was trying to teach him how to protect yeah, himself. Yeah, well, to, st- to, to stand up of... for himself and not, like, be bullied around just because he's different. I, I, I get it as a way of, like, my kid is going nuts if I don't give him tasks, so I'm going to... And he's a military guy. Give him impossible tasks. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, I'll, I'll. He's trying to give him focus, so he focus, uh, so he can have an outlet. So he he becomes trained in martial arts and a marksman. And so, I mean, marksmanship is a very kind of uh, task oriented. Like it's not just like firing off a bunch of rounds. You have to account for wind and all all that. You need a you know someone marking for you. It's it's like a two man team usually and. I get that as a way to kind of help his son get over this crippling disease and lead a normal life more so than what this this kind of uh you know hugs and kisses doctor was telling him like yeah, yeah. well you know define normal I mean yeah we can he can live here yeah. and you not have to worry about you know the bad people out in the world and his dad's like no screw that this guy's got to like live in this world he can't just spend his whole life in this you know professor xavier yeah, the world mansion has things that aren't going to be sensory yeah yeah. Um, so I, you I, know, my I favorite like... part was though, the part where he had all the uh, equations and shit written on the wall. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible. I, I went Jack Nicholson there for some reason. Yeah, it was a Jack Nicholson it's a Hobbit bar, huh? Boston bar. I figured there'd yeah. be equations and shit written on the wall. <laughs> yeah, but I fit right in. Um, let me read this. Uh, this is kind of interesting. The Rotten Tomatoes critic consensus. The accountant writes off a committed performance from Ben Affleck, leaving viewers with a scattershot action thriller beset by an array of ill-advised deductions. <laughs> a lot of uh, yeah, which I totally agree with. Yeah. A, a lot of a lot of ill-advised storytelling. Th- there was like a twenty-minute section where T. Um, J.K. Simmons sits down. Uh, the the one his uh the person taking over for mm-hmm. him at the F just sits her down and explains the entire backstory for this guy. It's just just slogging through this exposition of where he came from and and who he sat next to in jail and and blah 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 blah. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this yeah, they spell they spell out awful. Ev- they spell out everything. Everything is so telegraphed. Like they. They keep just showing shots of his quiet brother observing in the background. Like, you're not going to know who that is, you know. Yeah, you're like, it, clearly he's one of these other principal characters that keep yeah. showing up. He's just not going yeah. to not come back. Yeah. It's like it's like in Westworld. I'm not sure if you ever watched it. I finished that? it. I just finished okay. it. Well, you know, like, throughout Westworld, you, like, get little hints of things. But they won't, like, the camera won't just, like... This guy is important. Remember this face. Yeah, <laughs> like it's way more subtle, and this is just a the complete opposite uh, of that. Where it's like, yeah. okay, clearly this guy is this bad guy, and they're gonna fight. 
Well, like unlike because I was actually just praising Westworld because all of the there there are a good amount of twists in that show and all of them had me completely surprised versus this where I basically I think about a half hour in I was watching it with Caitlin and was like here is A B C and D and it was not wrong on a single one of them I was like yeah. here's where the voice is coming from here who that person is here's who the Mr. Brown pants who walked in on the first scene, you know, uh-huh. yeah. uh, I was like, here's who that person is. Um, John just, let's go. is not as, you know, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. He, he seems, yeah, it's, it was completely, <laughs> I was all over it. I, yeah. a, you know, in a bad way. Uh, the, and speaking well, of, that, that's how kind of you watch movies though. You like to like solve the problem and, and, yeah, and be true. able to correctly guess everything. I kind of like sit back and like, don't try to figure it out. But this movie was so it's like, you couldn't help but say, okay, well, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but the one thing is the, and that's like, it's funny that you, that, that, that reading mentioned, um, Ben Affleck's commitment. Cause there's a, like the cast is loaded. That's another reason why I was really excited to see this movie because like you oh, said, yeah. Yeah, I got Lithgow, you got J.K. Simmons, who's actually both in La La Land and he's an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you've got who else is in there? Um, uh, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, Tam- yeah, Jeffrey Tambor is the guy in the yeah. like he's he's on fire right now. Uh huh. Well, he's you on know. fire playing guys uh, incarcerated. Um, that's a good point too. <laughs> and then John, There's always money in the banana stand. Yeah, <laughs> John Berthal, uh, who is going to be the the new Punisher. Um, oh, is that the the dude that plays the other hitman? Brax. The, um, oh yeah, he's the dude from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He's uh, one of Leo's buddies in Wolf yeah, of Wall Street. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that guy's coming up. Yeah, a great cast. And uh, for the first half of it, I thought it was a cool movie and. And then it just kind of got lost in the dogma of its own over like massive plot and uh really wasn't that complicated, but I, I, I like the scene where him and Anna Kendrick are working together and like, you know, solving the accountant problems and but then when it came The equations and shit on yeah, the wall. Yeah, the equations and shit on the walls. But but then okay. when when it went full thriller, I was like, I I'm no longer interested. I, I wanna see the the, the 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 beautiful mind aspect more so than I want to see the James Bond crap. Yeah, it almost been you know, but then again, that's that ends up just being Goodwill Hunting again. Yeah, just solving equations on the wall. Okay, Equ- yeah, with um, equations and shit but, on the wall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like it's like uh, if you, if you want to do the Matt Damon thing, it's almost like Goodwill Hunting meets Jason Bourne, but well, it's actually in, what it is. It's it's Goodwill Hunting too, hunting season. <laughs> Hunting season, <laughs> applesauce, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you like apples? Applesauce, apple bitch. That's great. Um, Jane Silent Bob. All right, well, let, 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 let's call time on accountant. I think uh, okay. that, that was that's a little it. bit of a disappointment. But uh, so 51% are on tomatoes. I, I think that's about accurate. Half of it was good, half of it was not. Um, oh, yeah. Fifty-one percent. That's right on. So, uh, we'll quick. We'll quick. Let's do a little housekeeping. Um, uh, in terms of what we've seen, I went to go see Martin Scorsese's Silence when it was in limited release. I think it it, it was only in three theaters at the time on uh, Christmas Day. I went. Uh, mm-hmm. deeply, deeply disappointed. I think it was in, insanely boring. Uh, and you can tell it's this labor of love. That he's like, fine, I'll make it for whatever budget you'll give me, and just just throws it up there. Um, I can't recommend it at all. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's tanking right now. And th- again, the 
trailer made it look good, and uh-huh. it's through word of mouth that I think no one's going to see it. Um, honestly, because you're the one you. I mean, you're so against it that I'm like, all right, I'll wait till Amazon because I was gonna go see it. Uh, I mean, feel free. That there's no way. You, I just, I just know you too well. That I, there's no way you would enjoy it. I, I, I went with Cameron, and me and him can sit through, um, you know, the longest movie out there if there's merit to it. And there, there's, there's some genius in this. Will. Um, yeah, that guy loved Inherent Vice. Yeah, which is insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I one of the few movies I've, I've walked out on. Um, but yeah, so yeah, silence. There's some good in there. There's some solid cinematography. Uh, if if you're a big Scorsese fan, you'll probably go see it anyway. But it's just nothing like his movies. It's 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 a tall order, and it's. I mean, the the studio is standing behind it. They're like, we've gotten great reviews. We love Marty, and you know we're gonna keep sending it out in theaters and blah blah blah. But they're they're losing money fast. This this is a tough sell for. A lot of people, including me, who uh, I I feel like I can I I res- respect yeah. a lot of movies that other people would find insanely boring. Uh, this, on the other hand, is it's it's a tough sell for me. Thumbs down. Thumbs down, big time. Uh, you want to briefly chat about fences? Give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, fences, yeah, I definitely want to dig into it a, a, a little later in more detail. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, Denzel directing by himself, really. Uh, stayed true to it as a theater play. He he definitely made it read like that on film. Uh, two great performances, uh, and even surprisingly well directed. But yeah, we can get into that a little later. But I give that de- uh, definitely go out and check it mm-hmm. out. I also saw Sully with Tom Hanks, um, and it was a lot like what I thought. It's a very Clint Eastwoody movie in that way. It's about ninety minutes, or maybe a little less. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I actually didn't jive with Sully that much because I thought that it was a little forced. The the whole like for, from what I remember, and I guess that's the point of the movie is the guy landed the plane on the river. He was a hero. Everybody loved him. And I really thought it was kind of a contrived like, no, we're going to try to string this guy up and, you know, uh, make it look like he was incompetent and shouldn't blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, and then I just I, I really never got wind of that ever being a big deal. And I think they kind of Hollywoodized the courtroom drama. Well, a bit yeah, I, I guess that's also kind of behind closed doors what was going on. And yeah, I mean, he, he appears yeah. on David Letterman and you, David Letterman isn't going to say so I hear you're in this uh, controversy and uh, I, I get it. It's a little bit contrived yeah. and they kind of stretched out the story a bit. I was, I was kind of, I enjoyed the fact that I didn't really know much about the story and just to kind of have a visualization of that, you know, Clint Eastwood and Tom Hanks's interpretation of, of what went down. It was a, a little bit of an entertainment slash history lesson, um, 90 minutes. So it wasn't like a huge commitment. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks. But yeah, again, it's Clint Eastwood. You're in, you know, guy is very thorough. Yeah. I also heard he's very quick making the movie. Like he shoots in the day and then edits it um, later that evening. And so basically, by the time the film wraps, he he shows them like a you know without a score or anything over the top. But he, sh- he shows them like a lot yeah, of it. That's cool. Well, I mean that that's old so. school. Just turn him out Hollywood, which he kind of grew- yeah. That's why they keep hiring him, even though he's eighty eight years old or however the hell old he is, talking to chairs. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's had a few misses lately as well, right? I mean the. Uh- the how to hit the curveball or whatever that movie was. Um, was trouble, trouble with, with the, the curve. curve. Yeah. Oh, real quick, uh, did you? I, I was just listening to uh, a different podcast about movies, and originally the Al Pacino coach in Any Given Sunday was supposed to be played by Clint Eastwood and directed by Clint Eastwood instead of Oliver Stone. Completely different movie. Oh wow, happens. really? 
Yeah, it'd have been like half the half yeah, the length. Man, any given Sunday is such an Oliver Stone movie, but it's 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 so great because of Al Pacino in that speech. Uh, I, yeah. Can you imagine Clint Eastwood giving it? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say really. I don't know what to say. Three. <laughs> I don't know what to say really. Love that. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I. I'll give. I'll give Sully a thumbs up. I thought it was fine. But um. You know. I give it a middle hand. I give it a hand not going. In you're, any you're. You're giving it a gladiator uh, kind of wavering. In I'm the giving sun. it. My hand is always steady. <laughs> yeah, but holding it. Yeah, out, but I shoot with this hand. It doesn't shake. <laughs> um cool so yeah i guess that's a, a one and a half thumbs up there um uh fences i actually have heard that it could it should contend for best picture like it's like a lot of people have like oh i've seen them all and that's the best one i've seen i think it's up oh okay um we'll see about that um i mean denzel and uh viola davis are gonna Swing big dicks at the, the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this nomination list come out in a few weeks. And once that happens, me and you'll have to get the ballots out. Get the ballots out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to give away too many of my secrets. Yeah. So we'll have to uh, air the episode. Uh, and I swear. The evening of. I sw- we'll actually talk about the nominations as opposed to everyone else talking about the snubs, which drives me insane. There we go. Insane. <laughs> Every year, like, whoa, this movie was snubbed. Okay, replace it. What are you taking out? Yeah, who are you taking down? Yeah, I I hate that so much. It's like, what do you want? Twenty movies nominated? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Tom Hanks doesn't get nominated for, uh, for Sully. I mean, but who are you taking down? Denzel, mm-hmm. give me a break. So, well, yeah, I'll be excited to see when the, the nomination list comes out. I I can't. I don't think there'll be too many surprises. I mean, do you see any like child actors sneaking in, take taking a spot like uh, the past couple of years? No, I don't think that. I think the I think the kid from. Uh, uh, Manchester could get in, but I also think he's already kind of favorited too. So that he was great. Like... Yeah, he was great. I he's yeah. Apart from Casey Affleck, he was, and then obviously Michelle Williams in in that in that scene. It's just God. It's so heartbreaking and raw. It's just that movie is great. That was so. Uh, and I had the actually uh, the cool thing about the screening I saw. Matt Damon gave it gave a talk back afterwards, so got to hear his thoughts on what it was like to get that movie made and. You know, he he's my guy, so uh, that was a really cool experience. He's your guy. He's a really cool experience, um, which is why I'm also impartial to that, or partial to that movie. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait for the nominations to come out. Uh, I guess a surprise for me would be if Silence gets some stuff. Like I said, I I mean it's it's like 88. percent It's getting good reviews, but I feel like people are mm. don't want to trash Martin Corsese, and they're kind of like mining this deeper meaning of spirituality. And I think people are kind of just making these inferences because they, they think they should think, you know, find it to be beautiful. And I just, it's almost like someone watched inherent vice and just gave it a good review just for the hell of it. Yeah, exactly. And there's no way you actually sat there and enjoyed that movie, (laughs) but they, they insist they did. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you liked the movie. No, I, I, (laughs) I did. I did. I I thought it was a It's a little inside half yeah. there. But anyway. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it. Bring it home from that's, there. Uh, this, Perfect. This is uh, what, part one of our uh, award season preview. Just getting some getting caught up. And then um, we still have a few left to see. Uh, I mean, we've got Hidden Figures, which you've seen. Um, I've got to see Fences. 
Uh, oh, gotta see L. Yeah, L. Uh, Isabel Hopper. Oh, uh, Lion. Just real quick, I saw that yesterday. I didn't need to see Lion. Lion is amazing. It's 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 way more powerful than I was expecting it to be. It's a fantastic true story. Um, I'd like to jump on a pod into sometime soon and get a get a chop on that too. I definitely am gonna check that out. I need to see Nocturnal Animals as well. Oh yeah, so. I forgot I saw that. That was really cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a um, let's do Lion Nocturnal Animals session two part two. We'll we'll jump into those more deeply. All right, well we're at forty three minutes. Let's cut that there and uh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.